Lean over and tell somebody, I want to live. I want to live. They might not have got it real good, but then lean over and tell them again, I want to live. But until I die, I want to live. I want to live. Lean on the other side and tell the person next to you. You see, you need to let everybody know I want to live. Lean on it. I want to live. One psalmist says, I shall not die, but live. I got a purpose for living. I got a purpose for living. I want to magnify the name of the Lord. I'm not going to die. Oh, glory, glory, glory. I'm not going to die spiritually, mentally, psychologically, or financially. No, sir, I'm not going to die. I'm going to live. I'm not going to be, I'm not going to be like a dead leaf hanging on a tree trying to wait till the summer come either. No, sir. No, sir, I'm going to live spiritually, mentally, psychologically, and financially. But I'm going to live. Amen. I want to address you today from a subject, faith to live by. Faith to live by. Now, why are you in the moving mood? Lean on and tell that person, I know you want to live, but if you don't have faith, you're already dead. Because ah. I tell you, when you don't have faith, you're already dead in trespasses and sin. It wasn't your good deeds that made you alive. The thing that brought you back to life was faith in Jesus Christ. And the, and the apostle Paul said, you who were sometime dead in trespasses in sin. But look at here, God has restored us and has given us life. And I've been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Let me invite your attention to the book of Hebrews, chapter number 11, verse number Six is where we want to concentrate on. You can never please God without faith, without depending on Him. Anyone who waits, wants to come to God, must believe that there is a God and that He rewards those who sincerely. Look for him. King James put it this way. 
But without faith it is impossible to please God, him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Our faith in God can provide both the will to live and the way to live. It is both the means and the message for abundant life. I'm not talking this life that we just exist in. And some of us get into that frame of mind that we come, we are born only to exist till we die. And as a result of it, we spend our lives worrying about death. Death's going to come by itself. You need to worry about it. In this fact, Hebrew writer goes so far as to say it is impossible to please God without the existing of faith. About eight years ago, probably in 1983, there was a young girl that was born and this young girl was born weighing something like one pound, three ounces. And uh, she had surgery. And in having this surgery, no one was expecting her to live. After having heart surgery, they put a Band-Aid upon her chest, which just about covered her whole chest. Child's legs was about the size of a small finger. And she laid on a waterbed that was made out of a sandwich bag. The girl's name was Faith. But in spite of all that she went through, there was built in her a desire to live. You're not going to live except you have a desire to live. Some individual that the doctor said would have been dead years ago are still alive, and the doctor and the nurse is dead. See, you, you got to make up in your mind, I'm going to live. That's, that is an, it, it, it's something, an uh, individual decision that you have to believe and know for yourself. Many individuals go to the doctor and the doctor tell you you're going to die and you believe it. And guess what? From that point, you just start dying. Some people tell you you're not going to make it. And guess what? We don't. But there has to be within us a desire to make it. There is an inner force within me that's causing me to move or Am I one of those that just lay around until somebody push me and shove me around? And I won't go any further than someone pushes me. I tell you, that's not living. So we find that faith makes the miraculous possible. It put us in touch with the infinite power of God. Through faith in God, all things are all possible. When you got faith in God, all things are all possible. If it's not working for you, it's because you don't believe it. Some people that don't have the Holy Spirit have a hope 
and of faith. Some of the great fathers of our country was told that they would never make it. Fail on numerous occasions. But there was something within them that said, I'm going to make it. And I think that we need to stay on our knees until we can be moved by the power of God. You got to get a grip if you're going to make it. You got to lay hold upon him that is able to deliver you. And so as we began to notice this great hall of fame of those who have gone on before us, should we not expect any less from God in this day and time in which we now live? And so we find out that the feats of faith are endless. And we find that through the eyes of faith, we can see the hand of God moving continually through history. So now let us examine some of the aspects of godly faith. Faith is the most productive Christian virtue. Faith could be described as a positive approach to life. And although that this is overly simplified, in a sense, it is exactly what faith is. For faith opened the doorway for the free flow of positive energy and enthusiasm. See, when you don't have faith, you're not glowing and flowing. When you have faith, when you don't have faith, you you attract to you all of the negative things that drain your battery. But when you have faith, it opens up that canal to God that causes faith and newness and inspiration to flow into your life. Job said there's a spirit in man, but the Almighty gives his inspiration. And when that door is open to God, we are able to see the positive effects of God in our lives. So when we get faith, faith is almost like the muse. Most of y'all are not familiar with muse. Y'all might know a little something about horse power. Years ago, before they had tractor power, they had mule power. And the farmer would go out and get him a set of mules and his plow and put them in the ground. They weren't plowing two and three furs at a time. They only plowed one fur at a time. And what the farmer would do is put blinders on the mule. And the blinders would what it would do is focus the eyes of the mule on the task that was before it. You can get a whole lot more done when you are focused upon what you need to do. In our new members class, uh, this morning we talked about why is it that we're not seeing. Now, I'm not saying they're not happening because I believe that miracles, great miracles are happening Why we are not seeing it. And one of the Students say it is because we are so distracted. And God knows that is the truth. So there are too many things that are distracting our focus. Every week and every time you decide to do something, there is something that comes along that calls you to look in a different direction. And so some kind of way, we need to get a hold to this faith that keep us focused. 
And I know this is the beginning of the year and many of you have made resolution about I'm going to do this and I'm not going to do this and, and all the other things. And, but every time you look around, there's a clatter of people around you and you're looking to the right and to the left. And you become distracted from the focus that you need. And as a result, you begin to minor and major and major in minors. Amen. But they put the blinders on the mule so that he can look right on. I believe that's what the Bible says in the book of Proverbs. Uh, it was uh, Solomon that said, look right on. And that's the way we need to do. We need to focus ourselves. Amen. Make a determination about what we're going to do. And we need to hold to that. All right. And so we need to keep our eyes on what it is that we want. And we need to not let our minds dwell in the shadows wondering about what if and what might be don't deal with that because it drains you of all of your energy and when the time comes for you to do your task task it's too late you are drained from your enemy uh, from your energy you know what you need to do but the things on the sideline has all of your energy is out of you and all you can do is look on what you need to do I'm telling you you need to get up there and live and you need to refocus your life and save your energy amen to get you where you want to go look at somebody and tell them don't waste time amen we got to ignore the shadows we got to dwell in the light the bible says as a man thinketh in his heart so is he and the devil don't want to do no more than to get our minds off target and put our minds on negative things he's gonna let you see negative brother and negative sister and negative economy and negative everything but honey there's something positive happening in the world and we got to have a mind and an eye to see the positive the things of God that is happening something good is happening tell somebody something good is happening Amen. And so we want to find ourselves focused on God and on his will. And I tell you, the prophets of old are no different than what we are. But the thing that they did, they, they got, they wanted something bad enough. They put, the, they, they began to establish and plant themselves in God. Let me tell you, before you start moving, you need to, amen, make sure this is what I want. Ah, this is where I want to go. You need to take some time and write it down on paper. I believe that Habakkuk said, write the vision and make it plain. Every now and then, you need to go back and refocus yourself. Because you see, if you don't put it on paper, you will soon forget and it will become distorted in your mind. But if you made up in your mind... I'm going to be the best that God, amen, have. And I'm going to write that down on paper so that 
I won't forget it. You know we as creatures, we are some forgetful people, aren't we? This is the reason why if you would ever notice the Bible, although we have in our possession 66 books, but it's saying the same thing over and over and over. They said it in the New Testament. They said it, amen, in the Old Testament. 40 different authors from 40 different backgrounds saying the same thing. And the reason why it had to be said over and over again is because we'll lose our focus. We'll lose where we want to go. And we are doing too many side jobs. Lord have mercy. But we need to look right on. We need to settle in our hearts and in our mind what it is that we want from God. And I won't let you, you or you, stop me from achieving what I want in God. I have a goal for myself. I'm not concerned with what you got for me, but I got a goal for myself. I got a purpose in my mind. I got a place that I want to get. I got a height that I want to climb. I got a person in my mind that I want to be. And I won't let nobody stop me. I won't let nobody stop me. I won't let nobody stop me. Let me tell you something, saints. Just as sure as you make up in your mind to be different. Just as sure as you make up in your mind to change. All hell is going to break loose against you. You ever notice the devil don't bother you till you start fasting? You get long, this is nice and sweet as long as you're not bothering the devil. But it seems as if, seems as if time you turn your plate down and start praying and fasting. It seems as if Satan released another 15 demons on your track. And that's because he wants to hold you fast. But if you got a vision of yourself and a faith to believe that you can accomplish it, then that's all right. Weeping may endure for the night, but joy going to come in the morning. And before you can make your change, you're going to have to die first. Let me tell you something. You got to die. That's the reason why things get so dark. They get dark because you are dying only to be resurrected in a new life. And what happened is when you make up your mind you're going to do differently, things come along to kill you. But you got to get to the place that I'm not even sensitive to my feeling. My goal outweigh my feeling. Lord have mercy. I might not have the pleasure that I want, but that's all right. Joy is going to come in the morning. As soon as I get through my night of change, tell somebody there's a night of change. Tell them there's a night of change. Do y'all know what I'm talking about? How many of y'all have been through the night of change? Y'all haven't been there? No, 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 no. You've never been through your night of change. How many of y'all know there was a night of change? Oh, yeah. When it seemed, and you would think that now, I'm determined I'm going to do something different. 
you would expect Michael to step out on the edge of heaven to help you and of course Gabriel is going to bring you a special message honey it don't work that way no 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 everybody got to go through their night of change and some of you right now are in your night of change but I want to say it to you don't go back don't go back you are in the midst of your night right now but don't go back you got to say it to yourself I'm not going back to what I come from I'm not going back to the same things I used to do I'm not going back to the same mind. I'm not going back to the same habits. I know it's rough now but after a while my deliverance is going to come. I'm going to make it. The night can't last forever. No sir. Night must give way today. Thank you Jesus. And so we find that there, I'm going to talk just to mention uh, maybe about three, four that had their nights. Can you imagine Noah, how Noah must have felt when God told Noah it was going to rain? It wouldn't have been so bad had they had cable nine during that time. It wouldn't have been so bad had they had a six o'clock news. But they didn't have that. Matter of fact, it had never rained. Never rained. And Noah is faced with the fact of prophesying that it's going to rain. Not only that, but can you imagine prophesying for 120 years and never gaining a soul? Sometime when you're ready to make your change, Nobody's going to see it the way you see it. But you got to have some tenacity. You got to have some stickability. You got to hold on to it till your change comes. So there this man was talking about rain. Is he crazy? What's wrong with this man? This must be, you know what they're saying? This must be a family thing. And the only reason why he won his family because he slept with them. Now the reason why, now back in the old days when people used to go to bed, they didn't go to bed, one in the living room. No, one in the first, second, third, fourth, and fifth bedroom. No, that ain't the way it was. No, sir. They had their little houses there. And what they would do is take the cattle and drive them up under the house so that the heat from their bodies could heat them up upstairs. They didn't have central heat. The best thing they could do is run the old couch that it got real hot and then stop her up. And then the heat would come up and warm them up. And then what would happen is you would just lay down your little pallets all over the floor. This is the reason why when they came, the man came knocking on the door and said, open to me. He said, my family is going to bed. It was like the way it used to be. You had to get up and step across everybody before you could get to the front door. And I want to say to you, during your night, nobody's going to believe you. Nobody's going to believe you're going to change. How many of y'all know that people that branded you and said, you're going to be the same old, same old? Do y'all know what I'm talking about? 
They have declared out that you're not going to change. They've already put a mark on you and said you're not going to be different. But you got to tell them you're telling a lie. I'm going to be different. I'm going to make a change. I got faith to live by. Here it is, Abraham, going out without a map, without a compass, going out to a lane that he don't even know where he's going. Now, you know, you could feel like a fool. Step out the front door. Where are you going, Abraham? I don't know. I'm just going. Couldn't persuade nobody to go with him, but lie. His biggest headache. Persuaded Lot, Lot came and went along with him, and they got on down there, and God showed him where he needed to go. Some of you need to make a change, but you don't even know the change you need to make. But you know you need a change. You know I can't keep on living this way. I need to change. And so Abraham, he did not fear the Judean plains. He went on out in the plains and got out there and God began to bless him. And then after getting out there, making all these changes, having all this riches, then got out there and then he started thinking, if I die, I don't have nobody to leave it to. Then the angel came along and made him a promise, something he didn't even ask for. And said, so so you won't. Sarah gonna have a child. And then uh, Sarah, she knew her condition. <laughs> he gotta be crazy. Me and Abraham don't disturb one another sleep. Thank you, Jesus. But this is sure as you're born to die. When you have made up your mind to make a change, something within you, something within you will cause you to move to that expected end. For faith is being certain about something though you can't see it. I am certain that I'm going to make it. I wish I had somebody maybe didn't have a baby and I just stand up to their feet and say, I'm certain I'm going to make it. Oh, the rain might be coming down today, but that's all right. I'm going to make it. Thank you, Jesus. Then after Abraham, I saw another man by the name of Moses. Moses was born in death. Matter of fact, his name means drawn out. And that Moses was put into a basket floating down the stream. And look at some of us today. We still crying about some, what somebody did to us when we was babies and we don't even know what happened. Uncle Tom told me that when I was a baby somebody did this to me and somebody did that. You don't even have no remembrance of what happened to you when you was a baby and yet you're letting that hold you back. Moses had to go down and he had his own education but his education was not sufficient. And let me tell you, your education is not sufficient to stand up against the devil. Oh, but God can give you a word that the devil can't resist. Do y'all know what I'm talking about? He can 
give you a word that only pass across your tongue. It never enter your mind. But he'll give a word and somebody be doing something. You say, wonder why are they doing it? You don't know, but God gave you a word that made the difference. And there he was going down there to Pharaoh. Pharaoh was like the United States is, the greatest nation under heaven with all of his mathematicians down there. His men's and his culture practiced serving other gods. His musicians were second to none. Man, they could do more tricks, amen, than a little. They could pull the tricks. Made their snake, made their rod. Moses threw down his rod and, and, and Moses' rod turned to a serpent. Guess what? They did the same thing. And right now, the thing that bethrums us a lot of time is the fact, after I made up my mind to make this big change, I find out that there's somebody that's not even living holy doing the same thing that I'm doing. They look like they living like hell and getting by with everything. And then you go through this thing, oh, should I do this or should I just go ahead on and do what everybody else doing? No, don't worry. Don't worry about that. There is a step beyond where you are. Tell somebody there's a step beyond where you are. They're going to get to the police. That's all right. Let them try to match you. But the time will come when they will not be able to match you. Because God will take you a step higher. And so it was. They throw down their rod. But let me tell you, if you'll hold out and make your vision clear. After a while, what happened was they went a step further. And Moses' serpent ate up their serpent. Moses reached down and picked it up by the tail. And it became a rod in their hand. When you're ready to make a change, don't worry about people pulling tricks. You can know that I'm the real thing. Another one I want to talk about is Joshua. Joshua is something like us. Some of us are caged, caged in. Joshua was going against one of the oldest cities in civilization. He was going against the city of Jericho, who was noted for its fence walls, so many wide, so many miles thick. And he was going up against that wall. Nobody had ever done it before. Nobody had ever defied this great uh, people. But he put his hand in God's hand, got there to the wall. Don't worry about doing the sophisticating thing. You don't need the architect of the wall. All you need is Jesus. You don't need to know the foundation. You don't need to have to go back and get the building inspector. All you need is Jesus. Because I don't care how deep it's in the ground. I don't care how wide it is. Jesus is able to overthrow that wall. He can make a way for you to get out of your circumstances if you want to get out of it. If you want to change, Jesus will make a way for you to change. So don't tell me about your walls because God broke down walls before. Don't tell me about your fears because God had calmed fears before. But some of us are like the boy riding the bicycle who's riding along on the bicycle and all of a sudden his pants leg get caught in the spokes. He can't go backwards. He can't stop. Oh, y'all know what I'm talking about now. He's riding the bicycle. 
hopeless, helpless. Because when your paint leg get caught in the sprocket, it ain't nothing you can do. There's hope that you're laying in a safe place. And so when your, some of us paint leg is caught in the sprocket, and we can't do nothing but just hold on to the handlebars and ride the storm out. Ride it till it come to a safe place. Ride it until your night is over. Ride it until a change come. Ride it. Until you lane safely. But if you got your pain stuck in the sprocket, the one thing you don't want to do, you don't want to panic. How many of y'all know what I'm talking about? Y'all yeah. wrote them by and got caught up in that. Yeah. Mess you up, don't it? Yeah. Praise the Lord. And that's the way we are. But we can make a difference. We can make a change. We can have a life to live by. And I want to say to you, our faith can restore us to a spiritual equilibrium. Yes. We need our balance back. We need our balance. We've lost our balance and we can get our balance back. We can make it just by having faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. But you've got to have a faith to live by. Write down what you believe. Don't, it's not enough to carry it in your head. Write down what it is that you believe. Write down your goals that you want to accomplish in God. This is a new beginning. I believe it was in Macbeth that uh, Macbeth was called upon for sleep because you know when you commit murder you can't sleep so good. So anyhow, he told him to sleep. And then in this soliloquy, he says, sleep that wraps up the rabble sleeves of care. And what he was saying is, life have a way of pulling you apart. But when you go to sleep, it knits it back together again. So your sweater might be too big for you, Give it to the night. It'll fit you in the morning. It'll pull it back together. And then he said in Hamlet's soliloquy, he said to sleep perchance to dream. Oh, there's the rub for in that sleep of death what dreams may come. When we have shuffled off this mortal cord must give pause for this is the calamity that comes from long life. And he said, enterprise is a great pith and moment with this regard. Their occurrence turns awry and they lose their action. And I want to say to you, if you worry about death, you're going to lose your course of action. Death's going to take care of itself. But you live. Lean over and tell them, I live. Tell them, live. Now y'all talk like y'all 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 tell them to live like you don't care what they die now. But I mean look to them right now and say it profoundly, live. Tell them again, live.